Hello and welcome to the Troubled Adoptee. This podcast is a little bit different today. I will be talking about the horrific murder and alleged sexual abuse and neglect that happened in a Riverside, California um, foster home and how the family is still to this day fighting for justice. So let me give you a little bit of background. In Riverside County, California, there is a very um, controversial home um, that is called the Moore's Small Family Home, and it is a now-closed foster group home for severely disabled children and adults and it's very near Marietta, California. A couple ran this home. Um, Michelle Morris Kern, who was 80 years old at the time of her arrest, and her husband, Larry Kern, who was 79 at the time of their arrest. The charges in this case include child endangerment likely to cause great bodily injury or death, um, dependent adult endangerment likely to cause great bodily injury or death, and lewd acts on a dependent adult. The only person who is charged with murder in this case is the wife, Michelle, and she is being charged with the murder of a 17-year-old girl whose name is Diane Princess Ramirez after she spent the night vomiting blood. Michelle kept saying that Diane would be okay, she was just throwing up, however, that was not the case, and seven hours later, Diane died. In this particular case, Diane is a nonverbal 17-year-old girl with cerebral palsy, and Michelle had direct instructions from doctors to take Diane to an emergency room if any event like this were to occur. However, she instead insisted that Diane would be fine despite the directions that the medical professionals had given her. She did not take this girl to the emergency room, nor did she call emergency services. And it should be noted that that is a very, very big part of this. She could have called emergency services even if there was not enough staff at this location for her to leave the location unattended. She still could have called an ambulance for Diane. However, she chose not to. This horrific event that ended in death took place in 2019. But the couple was not arrested until 2021. The death of Diane Princess Ramirez prompted an investigation into the facility of the Morris Small family home and the subsequent discoveries led to the eventual charges and arrest of the couple. The investigation uncovered years of neglect and abuse against all dependents in the home. However, it was uncovered extensive sexual abuse against the dependent adults in the home, particularly three of these adult dependents are known victims of sexual abuse within that home. The investigation uncovered probable abuse against very against previous dependents as well and there's a as well as dependents that came after Diane Ramirez. We do know that this home had a staffing problem. This foster home was severely understaffed and was absolutely not prepared to properly take care of the needs of all of the dependents in this home around the clock. 
However, it was a certified 24-hour care foster home. Many issues were uncovered, and the biggest issue was that the foster home with severely disabled residents with unique care plans, needs, and medications was the fact that the medical records were not properly maintained or stored. It is possible that Diane Princess Ramirez died due to her medical information not being easily accessible nor maintained, and the couple was unable to properly get her help. However, even if that was the case, emergency services should have been called immediately. Originally, Michelle was held on a $1 million bail, and while I'm not sure what Larry's bail was set at originally, he was able to get out. Due to Supreme Court rulings, the judge had to lower the bail and release Michelle, though he voiced his objections, and as did many of the families of her victims. Michelle and Larry are both out on bail pending trial today. Despite these felony charges, Morris Kern had petitions pending in the court for legal guardianship of several of her diso- uh, several of her adopted and disabled adult children. She was able to get that, and those children are currently in her home. Ryan Morris is one of them, and his biological family has been battling with Morris Kern to be closer to him for decades. Ryan Morris has the intellectual capacity of a kindergartner, and Morris Kern has poisoned him against his biological family. Mukai and the biological relatives maintain. Morris Kern also gave Ryan Morris permission to marry a man nearly twice his age, despite the fact that Ryan Morris does not have the capacity to understand marriage. This was written in Press Enterprise, and I want to point out here that it does not talk about whether the man that Ryan married was also disabled or not. However, it makes no allusion to it or indication that the husband is. So that's another account of abuse where she signed over um, in a marriage her, her, son, her disabled adult son who doesn't understand what's happening to essentially be in a, in a situation that is unsafe for a disult, an adult with those disabilities. Michelle is out with strict conditions and a GPS tracker, as well as weekly check-ins. The victims have been granted a restraining order, and she has been ordered to have zero contact with any of them directly or through any third parties. According to her prosecutor, or not the prosecutor, her defense attorney, Morris Kern, who's 80 years old, has skin cancer, heart issues, and an enlarged aorta. Deputy police defender... Richard Bjarnes Coleman told the judge she has little money, is not a flight risk, and poses no danger to the public. She had many, many good years as a caretaker, he says, and the consensus is she stayed in the business way too long, working 12 to 16 hours a day as a 79-year-old woman. In my opinion, she made that choice. One does not grow old doing the things that they love to do and just randomly start sexually assaulting other people. Caretaker burnout is very real and may have been what led to the neglect, but at that point, she could have hired staff, shifted to a position where she could do the parts that filled her with joy, like events and activities. However, that does not account for the sexual abuse that happened in that home. That was a choice. In my opinion, it is also 
very, very tricky when we're talking about a case like this to presumptively say she had many good years because sexual abuse is not something that happens just one night you wake up and oh, I'm going to abuse somebody. No, that's not what happens. It's something over time. You test the limits and you see if you're going to get caught. And the longer you don't get caught, the more grievous these offenses become. Now, it is to be noted that many of these residents are nonverbal disabled adults. Because they are nonverbal disabled adults, it is a lot harder to um, get all of the facts and put together a case. However, the families are still speaking up and being the voice for these adults. So it makes absolutely no sense why a death occurred in 2019 and the person who caused that death was not accused of murder or charged with murder until 2021. The family that has been fighting since 2019 was told investigations such as these take time. Okay, I get it taking time, but are you taking time or dragging your feet because you just don't know how to handle people who are nonverbal? I wonder if resources were put towards potentially having somebody who um, is versed in sign language asking them the questions. I wonder if, you know, child psychologists were brought in to, you know, child investigators were brought in to make those adults who have the mental capacity of a kindergartner feel safe and, and secure and able to tell their story in the way that they can. I wonder if all of the resources were actually put into this case, but unfortunately we will not know until September 25th of this year because that is when this case is set to go to trial and a lot of details are not being released until trial. Another thing to note, her health issues should not be taken into account here as she has had explicit directions to take a 17-year-old girl who ended up dying in her care directly to the ER if certain situations or instances were to occur and she chose not to not only that but she also refused to call for help her cancer and other ailments in my opinion should have no bearing on her judgment or treatment as she blatantly disregarded the care and treatment of the children and disabled adults within her care and currently still has disabled adults within her care again this is just my opinion and i do not believe that what is being done to protect these families and to get justice, especially for Diane, is enough. It's just not enough. I agree with the families of the victims here. In this case, she should have been kept in jail as the victims of this case are mentally and or physically disabled. She's had control over them for a very long time. She's proven to be manipulative and she has proven to be a danger to society as she has convinced many families to entrust their beloved family members to her care and thusly abuse them, leading one of them to death. Now, before I end this, I would like to say that I have actually spoken to Diane's mother. She has approved these messages going out and has requested that they continue to go out. If you hear this story and you are like, yes, I want more people to know about this story. Let's get the public outrage. There's not a lot of coverage on it. Let's get this story known. 
because we know that in cases where there's more public scrutiny, where there's more pressure, that justice is more likely to be done. So please, if... I have to end this properly by respecting the beautiful Diane Princess Ramirez as she so deserves. She was the beautiful 17-year-old girl who had just gone to her prom. She was healthy and happy, except for one debilitating disease, cerebral palsy. In all of her photos, she can be seen smiling and happy. Her friends and family are still fighting for justice, and they remember her as an angel. Diane was born December 15th of 2001 and tragically passed away April 6th of 2019. I hope in this case, justice will be served and this sweet, beautiful, vibrant young woman who was taken from this earth in this tragic and quite frankly evil way can rest in peace. I hope her family and friends get to mourn her and truly grieve without having to focus so strongly on the fight to see justice served. I hope her mother gets the chance to write her obituary and pour out all of her love and memories onto the paper along with her grief and sorrow while knowing that justice has been served. I hope that we as a society can learn from this and hold ourselves and each other accountable. Let's hold foster parents to a higher standard. Let's hold foster parents to the highest standard, in fact. Let's stop making excuses for abusers and sexual predators. Let's become a better society today than they were yesterday. And let's take a moment to remember Diane Princess Ramirez, the girl who died at the hands of these monsters, who was truly a fighter, survivor, and a warrior her entire life. And let's also take a moment to remember her mother, who had a nonverbal child with cerebral palsy and was her voice her entire life, and now in her death, has chosen to continue being her voice and not give up in this never-ending fight for justice with all of the court dates being pushed back time after time. Let's please share this message and make sure that this is the last time court is pushed back and these monsters are allowed to continue living their lives with disabled adults in their home potentially also being abused at this exact moment and time even while they are out on bail. Thank you for listening, and I hope that this story has touched your heart in some way and helps you to understand why some of us are so, so angry and so, so ready to see the system change because this is just one story in hundreds every single year.